Clay, our next guest on Real Talk. Thanks for joining me. Now, first things first, before we tell the world a bit more about you, is um, got a pledge that you're not going to be fake. So, can you guarantee everybody that you're going to be real? I can guarantee I will give you 100% Liz Clay today. Yes, that's what I want. The other, uh, the other <laughs> thing that we always ask is one word to describe yourself. How would you describe yourself, Liz? I would describe myself as driven. Yeah. Why? Uh, I just like I won't stop until what I want to happen happens. So there's nothing will get in my way. I had to think about a word for you as well, because I think driven's one that came to mind. Resilience came to mind as well. Um, Yes. But I would say fierce for you. Um, I don't know you really, really well. I just know you from a public sphere, but fierce in the mind and fierce physically. So. Yeah. Ah, well, I did. I was with my friend Curtis and we were trying to come up with something and he said fierce, but I didn't want to describe myself as fierce because, <laughs> you know. But yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'm fierce. Yeah, yeah I can say that for you. <laughs> you are an Olympian. When I say that, can you believe it? I feel like this is the first time that I've sat down and talked about anything. So we're probably going to have a lot of like, whoa moments in this chat. <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. It's awesome. It's crazy. Like that can never be taken away from you ever, period. Can you let period. that sink in for a bit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool <laughs> <laughs> okay i need to know a bit about your story and i think for our listeners liz clay um you're a 100 meter hurdler you're the second fastest australian now um to crack that 100 meter hurdle time behind sally pearson but away from the track who is liz clay oh liz clay is just a fun kind of carefree but very compulsive, driven, fierce competitor in all aspects of life, I would say. We just we were talking about this um yesterday. Like I can be really chill, but also like the smallest thing can set me off at any moment. So I'm like <laughs> both ends of the spectrum at all times. <laughs> can you give me an example? Like when you just lose it? Um, yeah, I was sitting on a bus back from the village, I think, or we were going to the stadium maybe, and there were these Jamaican girls sitting in front of us and they just don't have any care for, like, anyone else on the bus and they're watching this video so loud on their phone and it's just, like, Jamaican, like, reggae song that no one wanted to listen to and I literally was just, like, can you guys please turn that down? <laughs> this is so annoying. <laughs> just flicked a switch and I had to say something. <laughs> so you're not afraid great. to speak your mind? No, I will tell great. you. I will tell you if you're pissing me off. <laughs> Real. That's exactly what we want anyway. So yeah. I'm getting exactly yeah. what I've asked for. Okay. <laughs> for our listeners as well, bit of background on the track. Uh, basically any hurdle, excuse the pun, 
you have faced you have broken your foot a couple of times i was listening to jason richardson after that semi-final at tokyo and he rattled off about six or seven different injuries leading up to your time to shine can you run us through um, resilience in your hurdles history and why you continued to just keep beating down that wall to compete uh looking back i don't even know why i kept going like any normal person probably would have stopped it was just it was crazy but yeah so basically started I um went to uni and I was there for three years and it was world juniors was the first uh, second year in 2014 and um one of the girls that had been selected for the team as the second uh runner she got pulled out for um random circumstances but anyway she wasn't in the team anymore so we were like okay you need to start training I just went hell full of that and like went too hard too soon and I had um stress fracture in my foot and I got to the camp the pre-departure camp and they they told me there I was like oh, I've got a sore foot got it scanned and I had to go home from the camp which was really sad then 2015 was that was just like shin stress reactions, femur stress reactions. It was just like one after the other, after the other, like I'd get through one, then I'd come back and then I'd have another one. And through that whole year, I think that was the year that I really developed this like grit because like there was just like nothing that was getting in my way. Like I would have a, I wouldn't be able to run and I'd be on the bike in the gym literally every day cycling myself into the ground it was crazy I don't like looking back I could not ever do that again um (laughs) but that was a really like pivotal year it was really tough but again I I didn't really know how tough I had it at the time I just thought this was something that everyone went through and like you know it's a part of the sport I guess um and then 2016 I moved to the Gold Coast uh which was a great year um I still did a PB and like it was all new so it was all fun then 2017 I qualified for world unis um which was like a kind of step the only stepping stone competition to like senior competition and I had like severe tendonitis which was annoying but when I got there I got the flu because I was like working really hard to save for the trip so I could pay for it and I just worked way too hard I wasn't sleeping I like I got there I got the flu and I was in quarantine which I never thought I would hear that word again but here we are in 2021 um I was in quarantine in the village for 10 days and then somehow rolled out of bed to step on the start line and it was I think I ran 1492 I saw the other day and I was like wow <laughs> it was just really come along and my parents yeah and my parents were there and yeah it was just again like learning experience um and I actually drew so much on that village like game setting for Tokyo so looking back it was good that I went because I knew what to expect um then 2018 was com games and I just I just choked at the trials. I was in really good shape, but I just missed the mark. And then 2019, I had a freak training accident and the hurdle, like leg of the hurdle, like went into my 
fibula, which is like a little bone on the outside of your leg. And basically it was like a cork and all the nerves and the blood vessels, I didn't know, had compressed. And so the bone wasn't getting any like supply and the muscles weren't getting any supply. So anyway, I ended up having a stress reaction in there. Um, so I had to pull out of nationals. And then 2020 was COVID. And then 2021 was finally my year but it was so such a long journey wow oh my gosh glass half full kind of girl that's what I love about this always always glass half full like everything and anything but 2021 has really been your year because like I mentioned second fastest you're the 10th fastest in the world now you missed the semi so let's take everybody to Tokyo 2020, which is happening in 2021. And yep. you run the heat, you run into the semi final. Let, let's go to the start of the semi final. I'm watching yep. it on TV live. My nerves are through the roof, along with the rest of the world. Australia is like, what is going on? But tell me <laughs> from your perspective firsthand. Oh my gosh. I was like, I have was a sip so... of water if you need a sip of water. No, I'm, good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I was so ready for the semi. I had had an amazing warm-up. I pulled up so well from the day before. I did all the recovery things. Um, you know, like the core room process is pretty long. And if you haven't done it before, it can be a bit like daunting. And Like you're sitting in the chair next to the world record holder. I was Kenny Harrison. And then you've got Jasmine Camacho Quinn on the other side. Like it's a lot. But I was I was feeling really cool. I was collected. Anyway, you walk through, you walk out into the stadium and, you know, it should just go, you set up your blocks and you go. And that first start that I had was like so good. I was just like, oh, my God, you're kidding. I was on because we had a false start in the heat as well. And it was the same thing. My first one was amazing. Um, anyway, and then the sec- I was like, okay, regroup. We can do it again. Second one was still so good. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is getting ridiculous now, but, okay, you can do it one more time because the third one is going to be the one. Walk back, go out of the box again, and every time I'm walking back, I'm literally mouthing to myself, like, okay, one more time, one more time. And then the third one, I think I went over the first hurdle on the third one because, like, you know, you build up all this energy, need to get it out. And everyone in the race was kind of like, what the, like, what is going on? Like everyone was getting a bit pissed off. And then by the fourth one, like you kind of conditioned for the start to be a false start again. So I couldn't put a hundred percent into it because I was just like, like, it's just human nature, you know, like if you've had three false starts and you're trying to go again, your your brain's thinking that it's going to happen again. And I hold my breath when I go into set and I hold my breath the whole way till I'm over the first hurdle. So, and I'd done that three times, like my brain, like I had like, it felt like I just had not a lot of oxygen to my brain or something. Cause I'd been holding my breath, you know, like, like three times in a row. So by the fourth one, I was just absolutely fried. Um, and it's no excuse because, you know, everyone in the race had to deal with those false starts. But for me, like, it was my first major, like we'd had a false start in the heat, then three is a lot to deal with. And I was just so ready for those first few. So sucks. But um, I was, to be honest, when I was standing at the start, I was very proud of myself of how I, you know, held my cool, just 
kept going through the motions, didn't do anything silly, um, didn't break, didn't get frustrated, just kept going. And I think that whole experience has given me so much confidence for any other race. Like if you can deal with four starts at an Olympic semifinal and still run a PB, you can deal with anything. Like nothing's (laughs) going to phase me anymore. Like when I go back to Australia, no, when I go back to Australia and race, like nothing will compare. So (laughs) good luck to you. Yeah, (laughs) there's nothing that can phase me now. Has it ever happened before in a club meet, state meet, national? Never. Wow. Not not four. Four was like really unheard of. And did you did? The runners talk about it after with officials. Like, was that what's the ruling oh. around it? Because I was thinking, I mean, I was so mad for you, and and so <laughs> many people were, which was great. I mean, we couldn't imagine yeah. how you were feeling. But what's the rules? Like, can you redo it the next no. day? No, no, nothing. And I think, like, looking back, the one thing I would have done was take my time a little bit more. Like, I probably would have pushed through a few hurdles, like ran down, walked slowly back to give ourselves a bit of time because they didn't really give us a lot of time in between. It was kind of like go, come back, go straight away again. Um, And, I mean, yeah, like when we were walking after the race, me and Kenny, I just said like those false, those starts were fucked, (laughs) like what was going on there. And she was just like, you know, she's, She's done it all before, so she was kind of just like, yeah, you know, it's part of it, like, it's whatever. And I was new and I was, like, angry because I was like, my starts were amazing. Like, how can you be unfazed? But, you know, like, that's what I just got to learn. They're so above everything and they've done it all before. But, yeah, everyone was frustrated and there's nothing you can do. Gosh, man. Sour taste in the mouth. But then Mm. watching you watch the times and to miss out on the final have you tried to erase that from your mind or have you has that sunk in oh I haven't even thought about it that much to be honest like yeah I can't go back and change it there's no point dwelling on it um I still run the smallest of pbs <laughs> hey it's still um, a pb 1271 yeah yeah 1271 after four starts and there was no wind either no wind assistance so all in all like that was a pretty good performance and I just think like regardless of missing out on the final or whatever I haven't really touched on that in my brain because I'm just like I can't change it I can't go back what is dwelling on it gonna do um I've kind of just you know thought about okay the experience and what have I gained from that and you know, what can I learn moving forward and what can I take into this European campaign that I'm about to do? Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I came third in the semi. Like, I got as close as you could get without getting there. So, yeah, for my first major, I think, like, all of those things considered, it was pretty good performance. It was bloody awesome, mate. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. I think we were just on the lounge going, that is not fair, that is so un-Australian. Yeah. <laughs> Tokyo yeah. can't do that. Whole, but <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have wanted to be in the room where my mum was watching that night because, <laughs> like, I can just imagine. I watched a video of her watching the heat, and 
there are some things in there that will never that should never be shared. <laughs> like they're sitting in Monavale, like my brother's girlfriend's filming the screen, and you can just hear them in the background. And mom just gets further and further and further away from the TV, <laughs> like her voice. She's standing like at the back of the hallway. And before I've even before I've even gotten into the blocks, she's like, oh, I can't repeat it, but there was some like if it was in, like if it was captions, it would just be yeah before I'd even done anything. So I can't imagine what she would have been, you know, thinking in that semi, but yeah. Such as life. What were they like after your family? Were they still super proud? Yeah, they were. They were so proud and they know me. They know how exactly how I would have been feeling. You know, everyone in your team knows. Like I think every message that I got from someone, my reply was just, fuck that, fuck this. Like yeah. I was so angry. Like yeah. I was just, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I'd walk, I walked through the media thing and I held myself together pretty well through the interviews. And then I, I think it kind of hit me like, you know, when there's a big walk after you get through the media, you go underneath and there's um, reporters downstairs. And then it's a 500 meter walk on your own from the end back to the top of the stadium and then it's another 200 metres back to the tents at the warm-up. So if you've had a poor poor performance, which some of my friends did, um, that is just the most, like, gut-wrenching walk. Like, you're on your own, you're with your thoughts, you probably don't have your phone. It's just, like, you. I was just, like, moping all the way back. And, like... Yeah, I don't know. I think that was kind of the lowest point. And then I went and sat in the stands and watched some other athletes compete and felt a bit better. But, yeah. Try and take your mind off it a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the, just that walk, like, even my friend Hannah said, like, um, you know, you've just competed at the biggest event of your life and if it doesn't go your way, walking on your own with your thoughts for five minutes with no one to, like, no matter how old you are, that is it was really tough really tough so yeah nothing you can't handle I mean I loved your tweet the next day um good morning to everyone (laughs) except the three false starts (laughs) I got around that it's hard because it's hard because like you know I'm not someone to blame something else for my performances like no uh, I I didn't want to come across as like you know that's why I didn't make it like I'm blaming this I'm blaming that like I did just think it was funny like it was it's fucking both stars, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good character. Um, we'll get to your European tour in a second. But in terms of yeah. obstacles, what has been the hardest thing for you? Like, yes, we've spoken about all the injuries, but is there a time in your career where you've gone, nah, I'm done here? Uh, I don't think there was ever a time where I was like, I'm done, like I'm finished because I just – you know, I'd done my uni degree and I was kind of, I had kind of started studying another one, but, you know, I wasn't really, my heart wasn't in it. Athletics was really the only thing that I was so passionate about that I wanted to do. It was like, it gave me routine for every day. It gave me something to do. It gave me, you know, goals. So there was never a question of like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, But when I was in Europe, Um, with my best friend Ella we just kind of we were doing what I'm about to do now 
Um, but I was in way poor shape and it, I was, it was all new and I shouldn't probably shouldn't have gone, but, um, yeah, we were sitting on this rooftop in Belgium and we, we were just, we had this like four hour conversation about like, you know, lifestyle and balance and what I can change and where I can do things better. And like that conversation was like, a game changer for me we just like kind of unpacked so many things that I was missing out on and like things that I needed to change um and I kind of went back from that whole year 2018 I went back to training and my mindset was different um I yeah that was like the switch for me um I you know didn't take it as seriously I enjoyed my life more out of athletics I worked on you know, my speed in training, like I couldn't break 12 seconds for hundred meters, which, you know, stood out. How am I, how am I trying to run 12, five, if I'm running 12, five for a hundred. So yeah, yeah, that, that moment was probably like the key moment in my career. That rooftop really? Chat. I love that rooftop chat in Belgium. Yeah. And Ella, yeah. who's yeah. Ella last night? Ella Nelson. She wow. was um, Rio Olympian 200 meters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's unreal. And also understanding of each yeah. other's careers, right? So you can kind yeah. of help each other yeah. out. She'd, she'd been there and done that kind of thing. She'd been to the Olympics. She'd been to Com Games 2014. She's been on the Diamond League circuit. And I was like new, like out of shape. Like, yeah, it was just, it was really cool. It's really cool. Did she tell you some things that you might not have wanted to hear but needed to hear? No, I don't think so. Like, okay. we just really unpacked everything about my life, I guess, in terms of athletics, like what I was missing, what I needed to do. Um, yeah, and it was spontaneous. It wasn't like we were like, okay, we're going to go up to the rooftop and work this out. <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Just, happened. just yeah. happened. Okay, so yeah. you're in Europe now. Where are you right now? Germany? Right now I'm in Cologne in Germany, yes. Okay. This is my so, Airbnb bedroom. Cool. What's next? Tell yeah. me what's coming up now that you're an Olympian and all that. <laughs> oh, what's happening over the next couple of months for you? Well, yeah, so we I'm here with um, Curtis Marshall, Pot of Alta, and Rowan Browning, 100 meter sprinter. And um, the three of us are kind of just basing ourselves in Germany for two weeks to get, you know, back into some training um we had a little holiday in Italy which was really fun and I think we Loved all needed gram. it just to yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> boyfriends of Instagram yes. were doing well for me in Italy <laughs> um yeah no so we we had our holiday which was great and then we're basing ourselves here for two weeks so till next uh Friday and then um start racing again so I've got to meet in Switzerland on the 21st which is in Bern and then the then there's like 10 days where I'm not sure um hopefully get a meet somewhere either Budapest or Paris um but when you come over here you kind of like you come and then you we've just put my name forward for every meet and if I get into the ones that I want great and if I don't then we'll just find a smaller meet somewhere else um because at this point in the season it's all about 
you know, getting experience. I know there's a 12-6 in me somewhere that I, that's just like bursting to get out. So I'm, yeah, working towards that and, um, yeah, just enjoying being on the other side of the world um, and doing what we love. So, yeah. And having a bit more freedom over there too, probably. Um, yeah. So can you let us understand then, because I think our listeners would be interested, you just – you just go over, pack a bag, and do you get do you win money at these meets? Like people probably going, how, how are you affording this? And you is your coach there? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> basically, after Tokyo, like we everyone had the opportunity to say that they wanted to where they wanted to fly from. They could either fly home to Australia or they could fly here. And you know, I've been in the Gold Coast all year watching people overseas compete, knowing that I'm definitely good enough to be in contention in those races so I was like I'm going over there after Tokyo I feel like I've been missing out I want to race all those international competitors and um you know be in those bigger meets and be pushed by um 12-5 12-6 12-4 girls um so yeah anyway and then you come over here um you do win money all meets have prize money and the meet pays for you to most of them pay for your flight and accommodation to go to the meet. So they, you know, sort out your flight from wherever Cologne to Switzerland and then they'll transfer you to Bern. You get two, one or two nights in the meet um, hotel, like your food's all done. And then, yeah, you win prize money. Um, like some meets are like, you know, obviously diamond leagues, like it's amazing prize money and some of the smaller meets are not so much, but um, yeah, you do that. And then, I mean, like you might come over here and run six meets and not make any money, you know, and mm-hmm. that's a, that's a reality that could happen. But for me, it's like, this is my job now. Like I should be over here doing these meets, whether it's, you know, going to be out of pocket or not. Like, it's not really a factor um so yeah and then you just hop around I think we'll probably just hop around to each meet and each you know city that we are competing in until we go home pretty much which we don't (laughs) we haven't heard a thing about flights um they're very hard to come by at the moment so we've kind of all just like left that in a basket over there (laughs) and worrying about that when it happens oh my god you know what just stay there until paris 2024 because that's probably what it's looking like right now honestly if i could do that i would i love it over here it's that's so cool that is so cool yeah so you studied exercise science is that correct sport and exercise science that just because i didn't probably tick that one earlier in the interview um you're over there what is the maximum and minimum amount that you can earn if you win like the big ones what are you looking at I don't even know off the top of my head I feel like maybe a diamond league win is probably like 10 yeah I think US um and then it goes down in places from there but like yeah you know you have world record holders and world champions and world champions in these meets so yeah for me it's not about the money like I couldn't give a shit I just want to be there and compete, you know? Yeah. I just love yeah. it. I just love that you are over there with two other guys from Australia and you're just hopping around competing. This is your job. You're right. I feel like there's yeah. listeners tuning in going, oh, 
that sounds appetizing, but they just can't do the hurdle part like you. So that might not be <laughs> um, yeah. now I also I also saw your nickname Lit. Lit is correct. <laughs> yeah. How did know. you get that? <laughs> I don't know if that's a nickname, um, but some of my friends still call me it. It was when I first moved to the Gold Coast, and that saying had like just become a thing. <laughs> I think. <laughs> and I I had all my friends over for dinner, um, my training, like my new training partners because I'd only been there for a few months. And I left my laptop out on the kitchen bench and my friend Cooper went in and changed my name on Facebook to Lit. And then I couldn't change it back for 30 days or something. Um, and then I kind of just, it kind of just stuck because people started calling me. Like, it's pretty embarrassing, honestly, but. Um, anyway, I changed it back like maybe a year or so later. And when I changed it back, all these shit things started happening to me. Like I got injured, I ran shit, like I missed out on competitions and whatever. And I was like, you know what? I was doing way better when my name was lit. So I'm going to change it back. <laughs> and now oh my God. Stuck. <laughs> lit Liz. It's got a good ring yeah. to it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I reckon know. that's brilliant. Oh, keep it. Don't change it. So it's still I'm gonna, lit. I'm going to keep it now. Yeah. No, cool. it's, it's, it's lit clay on Facebook now. Lit clay. Lit clay. Yeah. Lit Liz clay. Not good. There's something in that. There's something in no. that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Journos love alliteration. So this is just working. Well, yeah, they can have it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Last one uh, before I wrap things up. Um, something we don't know about you. Is there something we don't know about Liz? Can you do any cool tricks? Have you got any superstitions? I mean, there's probably so many things that people don't know. Um, oh, well, I've oh, got some time. Come on. <laughs> I mean, like, I think people know this, but I used to be a dancer um, mm. from when I was like two. And it's kind of crazy to me that I spent my whole life dancing up until I was 18. And then I just stopped and started doing athletics. Like, I feel like it's kind of a crazy transition. I did athletics through high school too, but yeah, it's crazy to look back and think like, wow, I spent, you know, 20 to 25 hours a week when I was a kid and in high school doing dancing. And then I just didn't do anything with it. And I just did athletics. Um, in saying that, I think, you know, ballet and like all the stuff that I did really helped you know, create like the strength and the, you know, power and like, um, yeah, speed that I have today. But yeah, it's, that's kind of a weird thing to look back on. I didn't realize you'd done dance until you're 18. Wow. Yeah. I stopped. Um, and like, I wouldn't call it like professional, but I still like did it, um, until mm. yeah, my, I did it through my first year of uni, which is what? insane. Like I know. So yeah. ballet, jazz, all of it. Yeah. What was your favorite? All of it. Um, probably jazz. I would say like hip hop kind of. Yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, you can dance. I, yeah. Well, yeah, oh. I can dance, and I, I do miss it because, like, you know, it was just like whenever I think about it, it's just a fun, such a fun way to like move your body and like I like music is probably my number one like not hobby but like I listen to music 24 hours a day like 
I just love it. It can pick my mood up instantly. Like I'm really like passionate about my Spotify playlists. Like, <laughs> and so like, you know, I'm all like when I'm on my own, I'm always like dancing, I'm dancing in my room, I'm dancing at training. I'm like, I do miss it a lot. Cause it's just, yeah, such a fun way to move. and makes you feel good. Yes. hundred percent. You hit the nail on the head. Okay. Like when I said, Oh my God, you can dance. I knew you can dance, but I'm more thinking at the nightclub, you're that chick that gets out the really cool <laughs> dance moves and I'm here going, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I'd have to have a few tequilas for some dance moves to come out. <laughs> I want to say that. Yeah, like I've got rhythm. I've yeah, got you rhythm. do. There you go. <laughs> You're going to have to share your playlists with us on Spotify. Are they all like public? Yeah, I'm pretty sure most of them are public. Um, so it's just Liz Clay. I, it's actually because it's connected to my Facebook. Oh, it's stop. Lit Clay, and which makes it very easy to find. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, after this, I'm definitely going on and we're sharing that. I love it. Great. Oh, Great. That's awesome. Have the best time over there. Or oh, I'll leave you with this. More to do, more to come. They were your wise words on your Instagram and I loved it. Well, I actually stole those from my team that I support in the NBA, the Suns, Phoenix Suns. They, <laughs> when they were moving through the playoffs um, to the finals, like that was their saying at the end of every game, even if they won or lost, it was like more to do, more to come. And I don't know if people picked up on that because, you know, I've got a few like Suns followers. But, yeah, that was my like – that was exactly how I felt and that was my team's like motto and I was like you know what I'm gonna put that up there I love it I love it and I can't wait to see <laughs> what you got coming up girl we appreciate you on Real Talk that was thank awesome. you thank you so much Team, if you enjoyed that one like and subscribe for me and don't forget we're here for a real time not a long time Thank you.